grace and peace, grace and peace. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Invite somebody, invite somebody. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. For this is the day that the Lord has made. He has allowed us yet another opportunity to rejoice and be glad in it. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be back before you all once again on another Wednesday evening. Truly, it is an honor and a privilege to be on this today to share God's word with you and to, you know, expound on his word. Amen. Um, God has really been dealing with me concerning his word and you know i'm just thanking praising god for another opportunity to be able to come on every week to share god's word with you i'm grateful to god that he has allowed me to share the word with you and your come to your homes or on your jobs or wherever you may be to bless you with an encouraging word from the lord amen amen truly it is an honor and a privilege to just just to be able to teach god's word and to encourage god's people through his word. Amen. But I'm not going to be before you long. But I have started a series entitled Moments with the Master. Last week we dealt with a transforming moment. Where we were dealing with the man. With the leper. This week we're dealing with something good. And I promise you. You do not want to miss this lesson today. So please love this. Like this. Share this live with your family. Your friends. Your coworker. Or whoever needs to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to be for be before you long, but I'm going to go straight into prayer. Eternal and gracious God, our Father, I come now not asking for anything, but thanking you for everything. God, I thank you because of who you are and for what you have done. I thank you for the many countless blessings that you continue to bestow upon us, Lord God. I thank you for waking us up this morning with a mind state on you to be able to breathe, move, and have our very beings. Oh God, I thank you for your loving kindness. Your tender mercy, your outstretched hand. God, I thank you for standing in the hand of death again and giving us another chance. Oh, God, I thank you for protecting us from seen and unseen dangers. God, I thank you for loving us 
even when we did not deserve it, Lord God. I thank you for keeping us when we didn't want to be kept, God. But God, as I sit here now as your servant, as your vessel, asking that you would decrease me so that you may get me the increase. I pray that you would sit me down and speak through me, word my mouth with your words, hide me behind your cross, let your people see less of Marlon and more of you, oh God. But let this word not come back to your void, but let it minister, let it do what you have sent it out to do. Let this word encourage those that may not know you, Father God, and let this word speak life, let it give hope, oh God. But let this word not hinder, but let it prosper. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Our lesson, our lesson today is found in the book of Mark. St. Mark chapter 10, commence reading at verse number 17 and conclude with verse 23. St. Mark chapter 10, commence reading at verse 17 and conclude with verse 22. And I'm going to be reading from the new, the King James Version of the Bible for its entirety. And the word, And in, the, and in the word of God, you will find these words. And when he was going forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. And thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witnesses, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And the word of the Lord is already blessed, and so are we. And the lesson for tonight, lesson two, I want to deal with a, I want to talk about a tragic moment. I want to talk about, that's lesson two today, a tragic moment, because let me tell you, I'm de- we are dealing with a series entitled Moments with the Master. So this is the second moment that the master had encountered. He encountered a transformating moment, but now he has encountered a tragic moment. We are continuing to look at the personal encounters the Lord Jesus had while he walked here on this earth. Most of the personal encounters Jesus had while he was here on earth ended gloriously. Most often, the people who met Jesus were healed, saved, and eternally changed. However, not every meeting in ended gloriously in our text today we are presented with a man who had a personal encounter with the lord that ended tragically and i would like for us to look into this encounter today 
Because I fear that there are many people attending our churches who are in the same condition as this man. And they want to be saved and they may even feel that they are saved, but they have no understanding of what genuine biblical salvation is all about. Well, in this passage, the Lord tells us in no uncertain term just what it takes to be saved. I do not know where you stand with the Lord today, but I do know that if you are not saved, you need to be. You will hear how you can be today through this lesson. If for some reason you have been misled about your salvation, then you will hear how you can come to know Jesus today. All I ask is that you let the Lord speak to your heart. And if you call, if he calls you to come to him, then I want you to come. Well, let's look at, let's look together at another moment with the master and consider as I begin to talk to you about a tragic moment that transpired in this lesson. And so, and the first thing, what was so tragic about this moment in verse 17 is the man and his desires. This particular encounter is mentioned in the gospel according to Matthew 19, 16, verse 22, and in Luke 18, 18 through 23. And of course, here in our text by Mark, all three of the gospel writers add additional detail concerning this man who come to be known as the rich young ruler. For the sake of our study, it would be time well spent to get to know him just a little bit better. Why? Because he is the person who came. All three evangelists tells us that he was a rich man. Matthew tells us he was young. Luke tells us he was a ruler. This probably means that he was a ruler in the synagogue. When all the facts concerning mm -hmm, this man are considered, it becomes clear that this young man had many things going on for him in his life. Ah, what was happening? Number one, he has youth. Youth is a wonderful thing. There is a no better time to give one's life to the Lord. If you are young and unsaved, let me challenge you to come to Jesus today. Don't waste your life. Don't burn the candle for the devil and then blow the smoke of a wasted life in the face of God. Come to Jesus now while he can use you for his glory and make something special out of your life. Not only does he have youth, but he has wealth. This young man has plenty of this world's goods. Now there is nothing wrong with having money. Money itself isn't evil. It is when money has you that 
has you that problems begins to creep in. Ooh. Lord have money. For the Bible says in First Timothy chapter 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's not bad to have money. But is what is how you use it. So not only does he has use, he has wealth, but number three, he has morally and religion. This man is living a clean and moral life. Notice that Jesus did not rebuke him when he claimed to have kept the commandments outwardly. This man's life was clean and pure. Ah, this is a wonderful thing. It ought to be true that about every person on this live today. Not only does he has what? Number one, he has youth. Number two, he has wealth. Number three, he has morally and religion. Number four, he has position. Luke says that he is a ruler. As I said a moment ago, this probably means that he is a leader in the synagogue. He is a man of some influence and local religious circle. And that is, too, a good thing. From every outward appearance, this man was the ideal young person. He was everything a mother might her son to be. He was clean cut, religious, industrious, and morally clean. He was the envy of everyone. Number now, not only was he the person who came, but it but not only that, but it talks about the problems he carried. In spite of all this man has going for himself. This man had one mighty big skeleton in his closet. In spite of all of that he had, he still had an itch he could not scratch. Lord have mercy. He had found that his youth left him unsatisfied. His money had left him feeling unfulfilled. His morally, his clean living, his religious activity had not been able to satisfy the deepest longing of his soul. Ah, <laughs> oh, his swift climb up the rugs of the social ladder had failed to give him what he wanted most, and that was peace with God. And so he comes with haste to Jesus. He falls down before the Lord and he cries out to him. People of God, maybe there are some people on this live today in the same shape as this young man. For every outward appearance you have it made. Life has been good to you. You have little money. Maybe you have climbed up the social ladder a little ways. Or maybe your name is well known and you are well thought of in the community. Maybe you are a good person who has lived a clean and moral life. Or maybe you are a church member, a leader a teacher. Everyone thinks your life is complete, but in spite of all you have, there is still something missing in your life. 
You know you have what it takes to live, but you also know what you, you also know that you are unprepared to die. You have everything you want and need materially, but you do not have spiritual peace with God. Everything looks good on the outside, but inside, all messed up. If that describes you, then keep listening because Jesus has a word of hope for you today. So not only do I see the man and his desire, but in verse 17 through 21, I see the man and his deception. Look at it. Let's look at it. Verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why call thou me good? There is none one, there is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commands. Do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not kill, do not bear false witnesses, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou hast lacketh, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross, and follow me. I see the man and his deception. In verse verse 17, I see the confusion. There's some confusion. As this young man comes to Jesus, he gets several things right. The first thing that he got right was he came to the right person. He had evidently heard of Jesus and knows that if anyone could help him, Jesus can. We will say more about that in a moment. Not only did he come to the right person, the second thing he did right was he came in the right way. He comes running because he knows the urgency of the situation. My friends, nothing in life is as urgent as your salvation. Life could end at any moment and you need to be sure that you are saved. He also came kneeling. This shows that he recognized the fact that Jesus is worthy and he's not. When you do come to him, you will come as a broken person. It won't be fun and games, but there will be an understanding that you are a sinner and he is holy. There will be a desire to become low before him. So he came to the right person. He came in the right way. And then, number three, he comes for the right purpose. This young man. Oh God, I feel this text. This young man comes to Jesus pondering. The issues of eternity. He had the most important thing on his heart. (laughs) Here is a man who has it all. Yet with all his powers, his possession, his privileges. He still does not know that answer to the greatest question of all. He knows a lot of things. But he is forced to admit that he does not know the way to heaven. People of God. We live in the midst of one of the most sophisticated, intellectual, advanced cultures. 
the world has ever known. Yet, people do not know how to be saved. Man could split atoms, put men on the moon, hardness, the power of the sun, wind and rain, but he does not know how to get to heaven. Thankfully, Jesus had the answer for this young man, and he still has the answer for you today. We will come to that in just a moment. So if thoughts of eternity in heaven and how to get there are bothering you, then hang on because Jesus tells us exactly what we need to know in this passage. So he comes to the right person. He comes in the right way. He comes for the right purpose. And then number four, he comes at the right time. Come on, Jesus. He comes at the right time. He came when Jesus was nearby. That is a mistake many people make. They think they could come to Jesus at any time. They think that they can come whenever it fits into their schedule. But can I tell you, the truth of the matter is somewhat different. Uh, man doesn't come to the Lord whenever he wants to. He comes to Jesus when Jesus is passing close to him. This is why the Bible says what it does in Isaiah 55 and 6 and John 6 and 44. You never come to him when you won't. You come when he's calling you. You come when he's passing by. While this man gets several things right, he gets the main things terribly wrong. Notice his question in verse 17. This man says, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Matthew accounts put it this way. Good master, what good things shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This man knows he has a lot of good things stacked up in his corner. He seemed to think that if he can just add some other goods, then he can have salvation as a reward. But there are two basic problems with this question. The first problem is he thinks salvation can be earned. In other words, he's looking for a do-oriented salvation. Ah, come on, stay with me, y'all. Stay with me. He wants to have a handed in. He wants to be involved. He wants to get his salvation like he has gotten everything else in his life. He wants to earn it for himself. People of God. Many people still believe that salvation is based on do. They have got to do something to get it. Be it join a church, get baptized, teach Sunday school, preach, give, be- becomes a moral person and stop sinning. The list could go on forever. The Bible says, in no uncertain terms, that salvation is never about do. Salvation through Jesus Christ is always about done. 
when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. (laughs) He did it all. And there's nothing you and I can do to add to it or to get it on our own. Salvation was achieved by Jesus when he died on the cross and rose again with all power. It was, it is received by us when we accept what he did by faith. Salvation has never been about what we can do. But it has always been about what Jesus did. The Philippian jailer has some questions for Paul and Silas. In uh, Acts chapter 16 and 30, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul's answer to him was that there was nothing more to do but to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing has changed. If you want to be saved, you must rest in done and forget about do. Not only did he think salvation can be earned, but then he thinks salvation is a reward. He seems to think that he can can just do enough good things, then God will give him eternal life as a reward. Friends, salvation is not a reward for faithful service. It is the free gift of God's grace. We could never do enough to reach a place where God will reward us with salvation. (laughs) How heaven does not Have a green stamp. My God from Zion. Salvation is not a reward for. It's not a reward for service. But it is a gift. Of grace. More will be said about it. In the moment. But in verse 18 and 20. I see the confrontation. When Jesus. Hears what this man wants. He responds. In an unusual manner. When Jesus confronts this young man in two specific areas. Number one, he confronts him regarding the person of the Savior. Oh God, when this young man called Jesus good, Jesus reminded him that no one was good but God. This was designed to make this young man consider how he viewed Jesus Christ was viewed. Was Jesus just as elevated teacher as the words good master imply? Or did this young man say that he believed Jesus to be God in the flesh? Obviously, this man only believed that Jesus was a great teacher. Shanda Bakaya. That is one of this man's problems. Amen. Not only did I see the comfort, he confronted him regarding the person of the Savior, but number two, he confronts him with, he confronts him, he confronts him regarding the problem of sin. When Jesus reminds this young man that only God is good, he's trying to get this moral young man to see that he is a sinner. When Jesus rattled off this list of commands, it isn't to imply that salvation comes by keeping them. Jesus is trying to get this man to see that he is a sinner. He wants to extract extract a response from the young man that shows he understands what salvation is all about. 
Well, the first thing that I saw was the man and his desires, the man and his deception. Thirdly and finally, I see the man and his decisions in verse 22. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. Here is the saddest part of the entire encounter. This young man makes his decision, but it is a tragic decision. Let's notice what he did. He made an earthly decision. He chose his possessions over Jesus. He loved his money more than he wanted to be saved. Jesus will allow you to make the same choice. It may not be money. It may not be pleasure. Some sin, your family, your independence. If you want it, he will let you keep it. But ask yourself this question. Is it really worth more than your soul? Nothing is worth more than your soul. He made an eternal decision. One day, this man faded, youth faded, and was gone. <clears throat> he retired from his prestigious position down at the synagogue. Finally aged and diseased overtook him, and even his vast wealth couldn't prolong the inevitable, and he died. When he did, he found out that his religion and his moral lifestyle were not enough. When he died, he found himself in hell and lost forever, because he walked away from the only hope he had ever had, and that was Jesus Christ. Friends, what do you do? What you do? With Jesus in this life will determine what he will do with you in the afterlife. That's a word right there. Has he called you to follow him? What was your response? Did you forsake all to go after Jesus regardless of the cost? Is he calling you now? What will you say? Will you come to him and be saved? Or will you go away from him? To continue to live without him. And maybe one day to die without him. It is it's decision time. What will you do? And as I leave y'all tonight. In verse 21. Jesus sums it up. Jesus sums up this young man's dilemma. With these words. One thing thou lackest. This man had everything. But the most important thing. He had everything but he lacked Jesus. Does that describe your life today? Do you have money, position, youth, and beauty, wealth, health, education, or anything else you can name, but still lack Jesus? Friends, if you if you don't, you don't have to go another minute without him. Today is a time of personal encounters. Jesus is speaking to the hearts right now. Don't let your encounter with him become a tragic one day. Don't walk away from Jesus. Come to him now. God bless you. I'm finished. God bless you. May, God, may heaven smile upon you. I pray that this lesson has blessed your lives on today. I pray that you was blessed by this lesson. I pray that you got something from it. I pray that you got something out of this lesson. And if you did, take it, carry it, and give it to somebody else that may not know who Jesus is. Amen. 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 God bless you.